It has been a lot, hasn't it? These past 18 months, some of you have been on the front lines in one way or another, and most of us have been in less risky and less dramatic situations, but we all have been on this pandemic journey. And it has been dislocating and disrupting and hard for everyone, right? As one observer put it, she wrote, we have all been through a sustained, slow motion, collective trauma. And it's not over. You know that. Though with the vaccine and with people hopefully trying to be careful like we are, I trust that we are heading in the right direction. But this long traumatic experience is something to take seriously and to face and deal with as best we can to cultivate hearts and souls that are still capable of kindness and gratitude and joy. And isn't that why we are here? And it is so good to be here in this place, and I'm so grateful that you are here, that we are here. I'm grateful that others will join us later online. But today does feel like a turning point, a threshold, a moving forward. And I've been kind of fretting all week, kind of like the first day of school on steroids. <laughs> and I have to imagine for some of you, it wasn't a cakewalk to walk into church today, right? It's, it's a big deal. None of us know what tomorrow holds. If nothing else, the pandemic has taught us that. But something else I did learn in the pandemic that I saw some of you learned as well, it's really hard to blow out a candle with a mask on. We don't know what the future will hold. All we really have is today. All we really have is this present moment. And that really is the only moment we ever have. We just heard our choir sing this hope that we make together. And I have been so touched by and grateful for the ways we have been able to stay together and stay connected and how we have kept making hope and sharing hope and have kept caring for one another and for our wider world through these many months when we weren't together very often. And I know it hasn't been easy. Just a few Sundays ago, I was emailing with one of you following the Sunday morning Zoom service. And this person wrote, I really enjoyed the service this morning. And it made me homesick. And this struck me 
And I appreciate this person naming that truth. It resonated with me. We haven't had a chance to talk about it directly yet, but we will. And I know how she feels. Because not very long ago, a few weeks ago, I found myself feeling homesick too. And do you know that feeling of being homesick? It's one of sadness, of dislocation, and feeling lost, perhaps missing something that maybe you didn't even know you needed until it was gone. It's not an easy or pleasant feeling, but it does open one up. I just wonder, anybody else feeling any longing or dislocation or homesickness or heart sickness these days or in recent days? If so, you are not alone. You are not alone. And when I was feeling this way, it really came upon me by surprise. After a certain point in time, I wondered, homesick for what? For some sense of normalcy, I think? For some hope that things are going to get better? For some evidence that there is more good out there than the headlines sometimes tell us. Homesick for some beauty and for some peace and even some joy, those things that we can't live without, that we should not live without. And here we are. I know that the church is not the building, but it is so good to be here in this sanctuary. There is a spirit here, isn't there? I sense it so often, and I think it comes from all that has happened in this space over the generations. For a long time now, the spirits of those who have gone before us, they are with us here. The tears and the laughter that have been shed and shared here, I sometimes feel like they're attached to the walls and the ceiling and the floor. Can you sense them? Can you feel them? Of course, in our tradition, we hold on to this understanding that the sacred does not live in the church building. It's so much bigger than that, it can be found anywhere and that our direct experience is a key way that we encounter that holy and fathomless mystery. Our water communion comes from this understanding, that we usually experience that mystery, we encounter it out in the world, under the wide sky, in the minute details, as well as in the vast expanses of our beautiful blue-green planet Earth. And the water you brought today, if you remember to bring water, if you didn't, you can bring some in some other time and we can add it. But it is a tangible symbol of your direct experience of the holy. That reading Tori shared a few minutes ago it makes me think of you and us gathered in this place on a regular old Sunday morning. Somewhere there are people to whom we can speak with 
passion without having the words catch in our throats. Somewhere a circle of hands will open to receive us. Eyes will light up as we enter. Voices will celebrate with us whenever we come into our own power. Community that means strength that joins our strength to do the work that needs to be done. Arms to hold us when we falter. A circle of healing, a circle of friends, some place where we can be free. This is what the church is meant to offer and what you do so well. Providing a space where we can be safe and free, where we come into our own power and then we reach out and do the work that we see needs to be done. Where we can open our hearts wide and go deep into the fathomless mystery. And I have to tell you, this pandemic, particularly in these recent summer months, it has just cracked me open. I have felt more vulnerable and more unsettled, more just pulled apart. And at some moments, I felt more hopeful and a little bit more free. I'm getting glimpses of that. But those words from Starhawk are speaking so directly to me right now because I am longing to go home to a place that I have not been yet a new place where I am more open-hearted and more courageous, a new place where I feel more at home in myself and on this earth, more free. And I wonder, what about you? What about you? This is not a physical place that I'm seeking after. No, it is an interior space mostly. It's a way of being. It makes me think of an old woman I used to know while she was still with us. In her later years, she started saying, my goal is to become less of a warrior and more of a warrior. Less of a warrior, more of a warrior. What I'm talking about, what I'm longing for is the way home. The way home to a truer, deeper self the way home to God, that fathomless mystery. It's what Rilke is talking about in the words that are at the top of the order of service today. I love you, gentlest of ways, who ripened us as we wrestled with you. You, the great homesickness we could never shake off. You, the forest that always surrounded us. You, the song we sang in every silence. You, the dark net threading through us. There are so many ways to be in touch with this source, this mystery that is at the heart of things. Silence is a pretty good place to start, as is meditation and prayer. Journaling can help. So can reading the mystics and other spiritual guides. Getting out under the sky is good. Doing physical work is good. And gathering for worship. What about that? The way home, it's not a single path. There are many ways 
to travel. And we are each invited and compelled to search our own hearts and minds and find and follow the path that is our own. And the way home is not an individual or solo journey, though you will travel some of it in solitude. But the journey will draw us inevitably into deeper connection with others. We will find companions on the way. So if in these days you are feeling disoriented or overwhelmed or homesick, take heart. You're not alone. Perhaps these days are here or one unintended consequence of them is to open us up to invite us and compel us to do the work that we are here to do, to prepare our hearts for what lies ahead, more depth, more connection, more freedom, more joy. May this be our hope and our faith and our intention to be on the way all we kindred pilgrim souls making our way home together. Amen.